Have you ever gone after a dream most people would never even try? That was me. I'm Caroline Gardner, a single mom of three who thought I could never accomplish something like a triathlon until I did and everything changed. This is a show about people who dare to go after their dreams, especially when met with life's adversities. So let's go find out why we try. Hey guys, it is Caroline. Welcome back to the Why We Try podcast. And tonight I am joined with a local, Kiara Manton. Hello, how are you tonight? Very good. Thank you for having me, Caroline. Well, I'm super excited to have you and that I just found out that I'm going to be your first one. So welcome and and thank you so much for saying yes to this experience. First, we always start off with our favorite beverage. So did you bring your favorite beverage with you tonight? I did. You asked me what my favorite beverage was and I put amaretto and I'm like, oh, okay, it's the end of the day. I'm going to have an amaretto, but I realized I ran out. (laughs) So I have a cognac. I am treating myself after a long day today, very working hard. It's a Tennessee cognac. So there you go. Nice. Well, cheers to you. And I'm coming in with Cabernet myself, a little a little vino. And it's thir- it's Friday Eve. So cheers. We're we can do this. <laughs> cheers. Love this idea, by the way. Oh. Well, I want to start with how we were introduced because he's a very special guy, Gabriel Yanni. We were out having a breakfast and Gabriel's like, no, no, you have to meet Kiara. So thank you so much uh, for saying yes again. And how did you meet Gabriel? I met Gabe through the local triathlon club, Team Hammerheads. I know that he was in the running community via footworks before that or so maybe we intertwined through there but I really met him through the triathlon community and then him and I were training together I think it was for for when I was training for my Ironman in 2012 yeah oh my gosh it's so special and he really is just a, a special unique person so we'll send another little cheers out to Gabriel he better be listening to us and cheers to him one of the things that he pointed out to me was you and and you have told me here that you were president of the of Team Hammerheads local triathlon club here in Miami and uh, I guess what I want to start with because you you said that in the running there how, when were you first introduced to endurance sports like were you always athletic growing up no absolutely not like the opposite i was and i think that plays a lot to what i've become today So when I grew up, I was just, I just was sort of in the middle. I mean, I was interested in sports and I tried out for sports, but I just never quite got into the rhythm of it. I changed Mm -hmm. schools quite a bit. And then during high school, I did join some sports because I had to put uh, working as a priority just because of my family background. Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite get into it as much as, as my peers did. So I never had any sort of endurance in the background. And I I kind of even remember like running once when I was young and saying like, who would want to do this? (laughs) Like, ugh, right? (laughs) And so how was I introduced to endurance sports? How I was introduced, and it was triathlon actually, was I recall in 2000, 
some of my colleagues were talking about doing a triathlon and they were like, Hey, you want to do it? And I was like, kind of typical, everybody else's story, peer pressure. Like, I'm not going to say no. Sure, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Fast forward. I'm at the Huntington's disease triathlon in August. And I was, I did it on a donated bike that had like baby pouches on the side <laughs> and the, it hadn't been oiled in like, I don't know, 10 years. And what I remember from that race, I did it. Uh, it was in Key Biscayne. Mm-hmm. It was so hard, but I just remember it being very noisy because I think my, I don't know, again, like it wasn't oiled and the brakes weren't working and it just was like, <laughs> right. And uh, super fat tires. <laughs> and it was exhausting over the Rickenbacker bridge. Awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Running around on Key Biscayne in the middle of Florida, August weather was horrible. And I just remember finishing it and I was like, oh, wow, like, <laughs> this is cool. Like, I remember feeling like, wow, this is like what exercise is about. <laughs> and I remember like telling my family and my family being very supportive. And that was it. Like, you were hooked. Didn't do one for a while, though. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So you did that one and you felt like, you know, you were content. You were like, okay, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I had no reason to do another one unless they asked me to per se, mm. or like there was another reason. And there's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> like someone saying, you can't come on, you can do it. Or can you do it? Right. So what happened was fast forward a few years in 2003, I think it was like in 2002, my brother gave me a triathlon bike out of the blue. I was in like in a relationship and I was doing, I was in my early twenties and I was doing the artsy things in Florida, going to every restaurant, checking things out, nothing to do with exercising, but he bought me this bike and it just sat there for months. And several things happened that in the middle of the summer, we decided to do a triathlon together. And so we did the Deerfield beach triathlon. I think that was in June in 2003. And that was the spark of my, the beginning of my, I would say the change my, that changed my life. It really did change my life. Just uh, having received that gift because Uh it just sat there, but I always kept looking at it like, wow, it's really beautiful. It's really pretty. Yeah. Compared to the other one that you were riding, I'm sure it was like, Probably a little intimidating too, I imagine. You know, I mean, these things do, they're heavy machinery. They, you know, and that's supposed to be heavy, but I mean, they are intimidating. They're not like a regular bike. They just jump on and go. Yeah. Yeah. That sparked this like frenzy of like, we were, we ended up doing like 12 triathlons, sprints and Olympic triathlons later that year between June to December. Wow. And loved it. I just, I really, really loved it because I'm a sort of the middle of the road kind of gal. And I realized that I could like exercise for like an hour to two hours and then feel better. Like, and then, and and not like feel so painful about it. So the way I kind of compartmentalize it was, okay, let me just go swim for a little bit, like conquer the swim. Did I conquer the swim? I got out of the swim. I'm walking to the transition. I'm running through the transition. Okay, I finished it. Now, let me go bike ride for a bit. Okay, let me go bike ride for a bit. And then I finished that. And then, 
oh, okay, all right, let me go run three miles right now. So I that was the way that I was able to survive or conquer sort of the introduction mm. to triathlons. It is, isn't it quite remarkable when you have those first experiences with it and not just the first time, but also the first few times, because then you build up this inner confidence and in between you and yourself, you know, like, Hey, I, I, okay, I did that. Good. Now let me go do this. And you do have to slow down, even though, you know, coaches would say, okay, let's go, let's hurry. But at that moment, when you come out of the water, it's like, ah, you know, and then the bike. And so as you were going through these races and then signing up for more and signing up for more, when did the thought cross your mind to go for like a half Ironman or a full even? Would you say it was in the beginning or no, when you were seeing that you were building up this endurance? It was, it, the desire was there in the beginning because I got involved in in the club in, in the sense of talking to other people. So the desire was there in the beginning, but I never had the confidence. I never had the confidence that I could do it for several reasons. I'm not competitive. So I'm the type of person that if I'm out there and I'm alone and I'm like, Oh my God, this is painful. This is boring. (laughs) I will, I will quit. Yeah. Respects. Yeah. But I don't want to quit. So like, you almost don't do something because you're afraid of quitting. <laughs> um, so I, and also time, like I knew that I understood from talking to so many people and asking so many questions. I was like, okay, you can't just, a sprint is so different from a half. Yeah. It's so different. It's a different ball game. Like if I went out partying the night before and I decided to go do a sprint triathlon. That's an hour to two hours of my life that my body will hate me, but I could overcome it. Yeah. But if you're doing a half Ironman like you, it's, it's more about nutrition and strategy and especially nutrition that you can't just easily pull that off. Yeah, you can't, you're not, there's no winging it. There's no showing up and being like, I can do this without a lot of preparation going into it you joined the club and then how did that change your, your, your social life? Cause obviously a lot changes when you get into these things, right? Like you're not going out as much to those, those restaurants and the social events that you were take, partaking in before, cause you have early rises of training. How did that, did it help it? Did it, did, how did that go about for you? I actually met my husband through the triathlon club. So the very first I did my <laughs> I did my uh, first, so that in, in June, 2003, and in August, I got invited to come to the Hammerheads meeting. And I go to the Hammerheads meeting and I meet Dan, who's now my husband. Hmm. And, and that was on a Wednesday. And I happened to be going to the Key Largo race in that weekend. And we ran into each other. And then that set off a sequence of, of hanging out for a year together. Right. <laughs> we were just friends. I was not interested and he was in and out of Florida too. So to answer your question, like in the beginning, he didn't know this, but he was picking me up at like four o'clock in the morning. And I had just been walking in through by from a club. So I got like from a club and I was changing and I 
change clothes <laughs> to, to my triathlon outfit and he would pick me up and be like five more minutes. Oh, excuse me. Oh gosh. <laughs> and then, Let me recover from my night out. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. So in the beginning, the I, Miami lifestyle, you know, it is not yeah. easy. <laughs> so in the beginning I was trying to do both. I was trying to do both. And, and so with time that did change. Uh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, most of my friends know that, um, if they want to get together with me, it's usually breakfast is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, Oh that, yeah. There's nothing know. wrong with a great brunch. You know, there's nothing wrong with a wonderful breakfast. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I totally agree with that. 100%. Right. <laughs> um, but if they wanted to have dinner, mm, it's yeah. gotta be that early bird special, you know? Right. And again, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more seriously, but it's interesting too, like how you're explaining, you know, to make that decision to, to kind of give up a certain part of your life because it is, I mean, I, I moving down here though, I, I moved down in 2003 and I was young. I was 24, 25, about to turn 25. And I never, we never had clubs up North in Connecticut that would stay up until the sun came up. Like that was never, that was called the woods, you know, like that, that didn't exist. So moving down here and like my first time going to a club that things stayed open all night, I was just overwhelmed. And, and it was a little intimidating to say the least along with the outfits, because it was like, Oh my gosh, like, wow, we could do whatever we want. And I wasn't, but I mean, then to get into, to running my first time doing a half marathon, the energy that was there before the sun comes up and the pumping and the music and and everybody getting ready and stretching and everything. And I remember looking around me and being like, this is like a club without the hangover. This is fantastic, you know? And then when we would run one of the races I did, we went down by South beach and, you know, you see the people coming out of the clubs and they're standing there looking at you like you're crazy. And you're looking at them like, this is a better crazy. Like I promise <laughs> it's just an interesting, you know, shift in the right direction, obviously health wise. So you guys met and you're like hanging out as friends in spandex, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> I, it, I mean, that is amazing. Dan, yeah. I didn't see Dan in a suit until like almost a year later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it different? Like, was it like, oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it really was like, we were both like, he saw me in a dress and I saw him in a suit and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. That's a different person. Yeah. Still looks good. Oh, nice. Very, very cool. I love that. I love that. So then, I mean, you guys are married, so it continued on. So it's almost like a romance started and then your triathlons taking off at the same time did I mean imagine it had its challenges it did our romance didn't start at first so that first year that we met we were just friends and then he left he had to he went up like he was working around the, the globe of the world Oh, wow. And a couple of things happened to us in 2004. I had a nodule in my thyroid and they confirmed that it was cancerous. Oh my gosh. And I had known I had had that, that, that nodule, but I didn't want to have surgery 
But in 2004, it kind of grew a little bit and it was time. I needed to have surgery. And at the same time, I think it was the same day I had my thyroid removal surgery that Dan's mother passed away. And so Dan's mother lived in Boston. I didn't know her. And he was working on a project in Washington, state of Washington. And so that was sometime in June. And so I remember finding out a little bit right after the fact I had surgery, I was recovering. And because we had kind of maintained contact here and there. Yeah. So in July 4th weekend, I was all wrapped up in bandages here, my neck. And I remember talking to him and he was sounded pretty bad. And I'm like, I think you need some help. Like, do you need me to come out? Like, to help yeah. you come talk to you? Yeah, to be there yeah. for him. It was July 4th weekend and I flew out to Seattle. And then that's really like, I mean, like, not just as friends, but like soulmates, like, you know, crying, everything, you know, so yeah. much. Uh, to go through, to lose a parent and also to figure out for myself, like why I had gone through what, what I was going through. That was a year later. Then everybody made fun of us. They thought we were more than friends, but we were just friends. So then so, you're like, ha ha ha. Okay. We are. <laughs> they're like friends. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. Now you're right. But you had to arrive at at that moment for yourself. I think that that's, that's totally appropriate, you know, and it speaks volumes to, to to not rush things and to also know that you guys needed each other. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And while he was away, I got more involved in the triathlon community. I, I realized that, that it was, I don't know if it's the right word, if it just gave me purpose. I don't think that's the right word, but it really helped me balance out. I realized that my why mm, yeah. was, um, was the people. And I think that that's even more crucial today more than ever, because it's like a cycle. Like you need your hobby, but you need to have more of a reason to have that hobby to make you happy. Mm. Because if like, I notice like, okay, everybody, most people have got to work in life. You know, most people have family and they got to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. When it's time for yourself, like if you start, like if you come home after a long day and you start thinking about yourself, like it's like that thinking part is like, oh, and sometimes that thinking part can be detrimental. Like too much thinking sometimes is bad. Yeah. Or it's not that it's bad, but it just does a number on you. Yeah. It could be like a downward spiral almost if it's not a positive thought and if it's a negative or or just overwhelm, you know, then it can just, it can not be a good place. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that especially during my downtime and like what we were talking about earlier, like I started to transition what do you call it? From the clubbing to the morning clubbing <laughs> world. I had a purpose and, and it, to just be there every training. And that while I was going there for my training, in fact, I was meeting up with other people and that helped me not to think, but to enjoy being time with mm-hmm. people and hearing their stories and their motives and what they were going through and why are you doing this? And how about that? And then I realized like, oh, well, if I'm exercising, then that I feel better afterwards. 
right? And then if I exercise and I feel better afterwards, I'm more motivated and I'm nicer to other people and I'm nicer <laughs> to myself, right? And then it's like this cycle. Yeah. Um, and to me, that has really been the biggest, biggest motivator in the past 20 years that I've been with the sport. Really, it's, everybody says, all the triathletes say it's an individual sport, but it's not. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And I've had this conversation now several times with a lot of the guests that come on and just also with the team members on the tri club team that I'm on. And it just always surfaces. And of course, with the pandemic, when you couldn't get together and you couldn't do any training together and races are being canceled and it's kind of like, okay, well, how do you still stay connected with everybody. And I have to say, as I would look and see around me, certain people in their groups, all different groups, there's so many different groups out there of hobbies. Like we say in the tri community, what I saw and also ultra running, I have to say in runners groups too, it was this sense of community that was like, Oh wait, you know, we haven't been going at this for this long for just the race. It was actually, there's deeper meaning to it. And so when our group would come up with different challenges and it wasn't just to do a challenge to videotape it and and put it on social media, it became more of like, how can we help the community? How can we give back? And so all of this stuff started happening and it was across all the teams I'd have to say in South Florida to not exclude any team. I, I really think that everybody went and did it. And that's special because that's, I mean why else are we here? Like what, what's the point? <laughs> you know, they don't tell us this when we're young, No, but that re- this really is like the epitome of like happiness, I think. Yeah. Cause yeah. when you're old, like, like you might think about, Oh, I did the Ironman, but what everybody chuckles about is like the funny stories that happen on the journey to Ironman. Right. Yeah. Or the friends you were with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, the stories and and the memories that you create on your way to getting to that race is all part of the package. It's not just the actual race day, you know? And then I know that there's a lot of people that uh, I've never done a full uh, Ironman. I've done halves and I have experienced it. And I've talked to other athletes that have, and I'm sure, you know, you went on and, and became president of this you know, hammerhead group. So I can only imagine all the people that you've come into contact with that after a race happens, you have this letdown because of yes, all the scientifically, you know, how our body is made, we have this letdown and, and what are we going to do now? But on the other side of it, it's, well, we've been training and we've been together and we've been doing all these activities together. Now what? (laughs) Right. <laughs> Don't make it end. You guys are my buddies. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to keep going? So then comes another race, but it doesn't, I think what would you probably agree is that this whole pandemic has kind of shown us that, you know, don't need necessarily a race. You can just go out and train together for the fun of it. You know, have you con- continued now because your Ironman race was in 2012 and that was in Florida and how was that experience for you? Was that amazing? It was. It was kind of like a culmination of 10 years in the sport. I had been an Ironman Sherpa in 2005 to Dan. So the 
like you asked me, I had always wanted to be, to do an Ironman, but I was always afraid to do it. And then certain things happened in my life where I saw the potential opportunity for it to happen. And I'm like, Dan, this is it. This is the moment. Let's do it. And he's like, yeah. So 2012, in 2011, we volunteered at uh, Panama City. Hmm. And and 2012 was going great. And we were training for it. I had two accidents, one with Gabriel Yanni, he can tell you. Oh, no. One week. So about a couple of months before the race, we're on a training bike ride. And I have a cycling accident with Gabriel Yanni. Okay. And my bike is kaput. And a week later. And what about you? How were you? I was okay. We were more concerned about the bike. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, if that was the case, then that means you were, you were okay. I mean, and that's really the most important part. And Gabe was too. And Gabe okay. was too. Yes. Okay, good. Phew. So a week later, because I had known about, like, you need to be careful when you have a bike accident because you kind of have, like, reactions. So Dan went off on a fast training ride, and I said, I'm going to go on an easy bike ride. So somebody lent me their bike. And I went on an easy bike ride, and we had a little bit, a group of us, we had a little bit of a miscommunication issue which goes to show never, don't ever, ever underestimate communication importance. And I had another bike uh, accident. And this time I went over the handlebars and I landed in my face. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. I was just more stunned than anything. I was okay overall. And uh, so that threw us for a little bit of a spin and a few other things going on crazy. So by the time it it came up to Ironman day. You, you know how you ha- kind of have one of those days that you're just like, okay, I'm at the starting line. I don't know what today looks like, but I just made it to the starting line. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's good. And that's good. Okay. So yes. everything that I had hoped for before or dreamed of or 10 years being in the sport, hearing everybody else have their stories. And I was imagining my story. No, I mean, we, Dan and I stood at the start line and we we're just like, ah. so it ended up being phenomenal. We, it was like the last year that Ironman Florida had its mass swim starts I love swimming. I, I love, love swimming. So I am fully grateful of that. It was such a challenge, but I got to experience that. And then the bike ride was challenging, but I just, I just really, you know, just got into the zone and just, like I said earlier, I'm not competitive. And so I ha- I can have a tendency to give up, but I knew that that day I couldn't allow that. That's interesting. That's an, that wasn't an option for you on your table, which is good. You know, it's yeah. good that you had that, it, but it was, it doesn't sound like it was a negative. It was more of like, this is just not an option. Yeah. I think there's different facets about it. And I try to, you know, in, in meeting so many people about triathlon, people can be tough on themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be in the sport for the long run. So whereas I might give up in a certain race, uh, maybe I'm avoiding injury, but I'm giving up or I'm stopping or I'm walking, but I'm giving up on an injury, but that's onto myself to do it. But I just want, 
if you do it and you walk, like I want to make sure that you continue in the sport for the long term and be yeah. happy about it. Yeah. So, but for that day, it wasn't an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you had gotten to where you uh, wanted to put yourself and what you had just said, you've got to the start. So <laughs> you yeah. were at the start, you get through the swim, which sounded beautiful. And then you get to your bike, which was your bike ready by then? Like what happened? Did yeah. you get, oh no, my God. I had what? to buy another bike randomly. <gasps> yeah. How shortly before that race did you get a bike? Probably, I think I had the accident August, September, August. And I got the bike probably September, September, October. And wow. then I the race first week of November. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were, you, were you a little uncomfortable? No, <laughs> was, the bike turned out beautiful. And it, and it was cheap. Yeah. I mean, it was, the bike just turned out awesome. And the race turned out beautiful as a whole. Like it was all meant to be, like it all came together for you. Yeah. Wow. It, did. it really did. It was. And, and when you came over that, yeah. uh, that finish line, I mean, what's that moment like? I became a clump. I crossed that finish line and I just, I just bawled. <laughs> I just acted, I just, it was awful. Let it all out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I tried to be very, you know. Yeah. And then I was such a hot mess at the, at the finish line. I think they had like 10 boxes of tissues, I think. Oh, that's fantastic though. I think, you know, I mean, the journey that you, that led up to all of that I mean, especially the couple months before, I mean, yeah, I can see how that would happen for sure. And what a beautiful, awesome moment for you to enjoy and to have your husband there and embrace that. And you had some team members, I am in the garage, so mosquitoes will happen. You had team members there with you and yeah. everything. What a yeah, special yeah. moment. And Dan raced it too. So he raced it too. Oh, he, oh wow. So we both raced it. Yeah. <gasps> that's oh, it so was, sweet it was a very beautiful yeah no it was like the culmination of, of 10 years worth of being hardcore in the triathlon sport and it was like the pinnacle mm. and and it's like they say you're in the race and you're like I'm never doing another one ever again this is crazy <laughs> what was I thinking and yeah like three weeks later I was like oh hmm, I'm not in race <laughs> So we, Dan and I have always, we haven't done another one and we haven't been as super crazy as we were before, but we're still in it. Like we talk about it all the time. Like we're yeah. still in that, that like discussion of mm -hmm. love it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see with the whole pandemic, how that's going to evolve. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see it happening right now with, with just with the companies themselves that run the events. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, they've gone through a lot of issues with not being able to put these events on and how those have affected their companies and their foundations. But also they have to rethink a lot. And maybe, you know, I mean, I don't want all this to happen, but at the same time, some of the things that I've seen, I know Challenge is coming up here and they are like packing a punch. I mean, they're really 
offering a lot, not only to the pros, but to the rest of us who are the ones who really financially support the whole thing. The rest of us out here that are not podium, you know, we're not the ones that are like getting over the finish line first, but we are the ones that financially support the whole thing and happy to do so, but it has to work in a mindful manner. You know, it has to work in a good space. So it's going to be interesting to see how you know, those companies come forward and event companies come forward to give a competition. Cause I know just from our tri club, our coach and his wife had gone up to Claremont. We've always gone. I'm sure your group's gone up there to train. And now like summer's events, they've always put on events, but now because we've all looked for local things, they were able to put on some events this summer and well, the fall. And it was it was incredible. I got to tell you, like it was done properly. It was a smaller venue, which made it nice. And so we'll see, you know, we'll see how these things shift and change. And maybe that's not such a bad thing. I don't know. No, I think, I think that whole going local is going to eat local, buy local, try local is going to happen. Yeah. That's why, you know, the support that we have with our local triathlon clubs are going to be more important, I think, too. Yeah. yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to see how how we continue to all come together regardless. Mosquito is really hungry tonight. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is the reality. This is the reality of a podcast in your garage. What's the advice that you would give a beginner or someone coming back to the sport? What would you say would be something that they, one thing, one piece of advice to give them? I would continue on that club theme because I think, especially to a lot of women out there that are just want to feel better about themselves. Like you don't need to be pro to feel better. Like, like there's so many triathlon offers, so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I like, it's done so much. It's done so much good for me and for so many people I know that I would say that kind of going back to the club thing, like join a club because having your own personal goal is important, but there's nothing like crossing the finish line with somebody else there that knows what you're going through. And, you know, having a partner or a family member be there for you is wonderful, but why do it alone? Like, like, yeah, I mean, if you can join a club, like do it if you can. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really amazing what, like, you'll notice the difference if you went crossing the finish line and just having your teammate down there, like rooting you on. Totally. It's a big difference. And I think also like, I mean, if you want structure, if you want to build on skills, obviously you need to hire a coach for that. Yeah. Um, and hands down, that's but make sure to have find that camaraderie. And it's not just for you, but for your family member, for your spouse, for your family members, parents or kids. I think that it's hard with our sport to balance the love of our sport, the passion for our sport with our families sometimes. Yeah. I remember during my time with Hammerheads, we really tried to engage, not just for you to have a great time, but for your family. Right. Great time so that they felt like 
Like it was more like instead of a reunion of triathletes, it was a reunion of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you spend a lot of time with one another and the family members are out there trekking along, being the Sherpa and having to wait for us coming over the finish line and not just on the race day, but also, excuse me, throughout the training period. And it is a lot. And they're the ones, like, I remember, like, like they're the ones that you almost have to pay more attention to mm. as part of a club because, mm. like, wait, like you said it, waiting around can get boring after mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So that whole how do we make them inclusive in this is, is the key, one of the keys to success. I think that's so true. My mom, you know, I've talked about it on the show and I've written about it. My, I lost my mom in 2018 and, and like several, a few months before, let's see, maybe it was April and, and she passed in October, but in April, she came down to the half in Haines city that I was able to do with the team. And she was there with the girl, with my girls and everybody at the end, I did pay Ironman so that she would uh, have the opportunity to put the, the medal around my neck, which was worth every penny looking back now because it was a moment that carries me through after the loss of her and and there was something that she said over the summer as I was you know going forward and trying to see if there was going to be another race that I was going to do and she was like listen I know it's going to be tough and there's going to be moments that you're, you're frustrated but after having gone to that race, now that I see firsthand what you're experiencing and the the way that everybody cheered, it just made me want to cheer too and keep going. And so those words stay with me. And I, I know that, and I've sherpaed myself at many events. I, of course, enjoy it because one, I'm not out there and I'm get to like relax, but I get excited, you know, I get excited about seeing everybody. So I can understand too. And the other, if it's not your thing and you're a family member who's show, showing up and supporting others to have that support in a club so that they can relate to somebody, maybe make a friend as well and say, yeah, we're, this can, let's go. We got an hour to kill. Let's go get a sandwich. Let's go. <laughs> let's, maybe we have three hours to kill. Yeah, let's go. Pressure off, right? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you. But you still didn't escape the rapid fire. Sorry. We're still oh. going down to the rapid fire. Okay, here we go. All right. First question. First question. What is your all out power song? You need a song that is you know, in, in, in triathlon. We're not allowed to listen to music on the race. But if you had an opportunity to hear that song while you're going to come down the, you know, shoot and go over the finish line, what would be one of the songs you would really want to hear? My favorite song that just makes me happy and like, like play it anywhere is The Cure, Just Like Heaven. Awesome. I do that thing. I love that song. Like that song, like it's just, it's, I don't know. I love it. It's yours. It's your song. That's what it is. Awesome. Okay, cool. Now let's see. You are in Ironman race. You have an opportunity to change. So those that have not done a full Ironman, there is a changing tent. And (laughs) this is from my coach. You can blame him for this question. You're in the changing tent. And there you are, you have to change. And by accident, you know, you look up because for a minute you're looking up. Do you want a frontal or do you want a behind view? Because you've got to get back to what you're doing. So is it a full frontal or is it a behind view? It's quick. 
Booty. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say behind. <laughs> All right. So it's quick. It's done. And now you're off. All right. So as far as a, a training, so now you're training for an event on the bike. Would it be a bib or would it be cycling shorts that you would go sure. with? And it's a long ride. No, shorts. Shorts, not a bib? Yeah, I, I can do bibs, but I prefer shorts. You prefer shorts? See, I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I asked because these are good questions. Okay, now swimming. You mentioned that you love swimming. So I have to ask, are you going to be breathing on your right, on your left, or are you a bilateral breather? I'm all right. You're I'm, right. Yeah. I, Me too. And I'm trying, trying really hard <laughs> all these years to go to the other side and I can't. I am with you. I am with you. I love, that's why I love asking these questions because I learned so much. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So next question is on to a, I think we kind of tapped into this, but are you an early morning trainer or you much prefer an early evening workout? Oh, morning. Hands morning. Down. Absolutely. Got to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sunrise yeah. is a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then one more here is sweet. So you get to, to recover. You get to have whatever you want. You did this crazy race and it's all you. Are you a sweet or salty? Are you going to have something sweet or salty? Ice cream. Ice like cream. That's my, my, it's my whole mantra. Like, this is why I do this. Ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I'm into the coffees. I like coffee, hazelnut type flavor ice creams delicious ice cream is like that that's my the reason that's my why that's your why that's another why listen i love it why do you try ice cream i mean that's is is there any other reason so ice cream you know that they so there's so many ice cream places in south miami rightfully so so now that I'm just going to add another one, which, which ice cream place is like your go-to here in South, I would say it's South, you know, in the South, uh, sunset kind of area, that uh, general area, or is there one outside of that, that you must go to, like you enjoy? I got to give props to a local shop called walls ice cream on us one and 67th Avenue. Um, yes. have a cute little drive up. So it's like super COVID friendly. You can just drive up. They even have the little like uh, movie playing on the outside outdoor seating. Like it's like old school. Yes. Go get your cone and sit outside. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. We love that. That is one of our family's favorite, favorite ice cream places. And they're a member of uh, the school that the girls go to. We were so psyched when they took over because it was been family owned for a long time. And then another family came in and they've kept it. I love that you say that walls, ice cream. Yes. Yes. They're so good. Okay. And now it's empath. So you can bike ride to it. Yes. Perfect. It's a perfect spot. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this evening and this time with you. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening and it's the weekend ahead of you. So have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you, Caroline. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. That's a wrap for this week on the Why We Try. I hope you enjoyed this episode and this deep dive into the world of triathlon as much as I did. If you're looking for more insights, tips, and training encouragement, follow me over on Instagram. I'm at why we try podcast and that's try with an I. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your teammates 
post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. And don't forget your favorite beverage wherever you go.